Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. So I want to return to this um, category of indirect practices that build our base of resource and resilience um, for our final segment. And then tomorrow we'll um, focus, today we focused mostly on the indirect, doing one compassion practice. Tomorrow it'll be flipped, we'll focus more on the direct practices and just do one indirect practice. I want to um, bring in a um, something that Rick Hansen uh, talks about, uh, who's a author and teacher here at Spirit Rock. Um, he talks about three core human needs, um, and I think this is a really it's a beautiful way to just get a really quick snapshot of our sense of resilience and. Uh, checking in with how we're doing in terms of our life. And he talks about those three being safety, satisfaction, and connection. And so safety is just that basic sense of physical and emotional security, knowing that our body is safe, um, feeling a sense of uh, safety in our relationships, and he connects that to the um, most ancient part of our brains, kind of the brain stem sometimes. In certain um, ways of talking about it, referred to as the reptilian brain, which is just really responsible for keeping us safe, the fight, flight, freeze mechanism, and so forth. So orienting is a wonderful practice for increasing safety because it sends that signal to our body like, hey, you know, we're here, this is what's happening. And if we are, in fact, physically safe in our environment, we can take it in more. Satisfaction, that covers a pretty large range, right, of things. Um, So on one level, satisfaction um, just means what we were talking about this morning of of healthy pleasure. So non-addictive, healthy pleasurable experience and and making sure that we have enough healthy pleasure in our life and really looking for ways particularly if there's chronic pain or illness are there ways that we're getting nourished and fed in terms of satisfaction one of the deepest ways though that we can experience satisfaction as human beings is uh, not so much through sensory pleasure, um, but through meaning, having a sense of meaning. And that's some of the deepest satisfaction that we can experience, having a sense of meaning, purpose, and direction in life. And that can come from any number of things. It can come from our contemplative practice. It can come from family, from raising children. It can come from our work. It can come from creative pursuits. Right? There are many avenues Um, but without that sense of meaning, without some sense of direction or purpose, it's very difficult uh, to face pain and illness. And so that meaning can come from other places in our life, 
one of the strongest ways to to bring that meaning is to find meaning within the illness and pain itself, which we talked a little bit about earlier today. So uh, Viktor Frankl, um, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, uh, said, and this is kind of for that era, typically um, patriarchal is, you know, just using the male gender, but he's referring to humanity, obviously. The quote is, um, man is not destroyed by suffering alone. Man is destroyed by suffering without meaning. So this, this sense of meaning is such a deep need for us as human beings. So yesterday, the colleague that I taught the workshop with for clinicians is a a chaplain, a palliative care chaplain working in hospitals. And that's her work. That's her domain is helping people to find meaning within the midst of illness and pain and death. So um, safety. Safety can also, especially when there's pain or illness, safety can also be connected to information making sure we have enough information about what's happening in our body. Because when there's, a, when there's pain, as we said this morning, it's sending a signal, it's saying, danger, 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 right? So there's something inside that's going, I'm not safe, I'm in danger. So making sure that we have enough understanding medically about, well, what's happening? Why am I in pain? And even if we, even if we don't know, is it dangerous? Making sure that we have that information can help to reduce the level uh, of anxiety and activation and help us have more of a base of uh, balance and resilience and resource to meet what's happening. So safety, satisfaction through healthy pleasure and through meaning in our life. And then the last is connection. Meaning and connection are kind of the two biggest needs for human beings in terms of resilience. If we have meaning and connection, we can face tremendous hardship. And so this is a very kind of simple framework or rubric to just look and check at any point and see like, how am I doing, right? And it's useful. There's many other templates and and, um, lists of different human needs and it can be... Uh, fascinating to look and evaluate, you know, am I meeting my needs enough in my life? But those three are the, are the biggest. And looking and seeing, you know, if there are any of those areas that are not getting enough nourishment, what do I need to do to nourish myself in those ways? And with connection, you know, that means perhaps primarily social connection, healthy contact and engagement with other human beings, you know, safe, uh, playful, loving, empathic connection. Um, But it can also be connection in other ways, connection with pets, connection with nature, connection with self. We can lose connection with ourself. You know, are we estranged from ourself? Are we finding that sense of intimacy and connection with ourself? Connection with the divine or with something larger than oneself? That's the terrain of spirituality. 
So um, these are, are powerful areas to reflect on, and I think that they become more important when we're facing illness and pain. When we don't have that irritant, if we're healthy, uh, we can kind of coast without having enough meaning or maybe without having enough connection. But as soon as there's that, that, um, that blow of illness or pain, that's not just temporary, not like I got a cold and I'll be better next week, you know. Um, those fundamental needs become much more important. And really attending to them is part of caring for our condition. When those needs are met, it's easier to find balance. It's easier to relax in the face of pain. There are other practices that we can do to um, to relax. So... Um, Relaxation is also one of these practices that's an indirect practice, but it also can be considered moving towards more of a direct practice because it's working with some of the effects of pain. So as we've begun to explore, one of our kind of conditioned habitual responses is to tense up or contract in some way, literally, physiologically, to tense up in response to pain. So compassion can help to soothe that. Conscious relaxation can also help with that. And this is, a, this is a skill. This is a skill that we can develop. It's much easier um, to turn a muscle on than to turn a muscle off. Particularly when there's chronic tension, when we're holding something tight, it kind of can get locked there. Muscle gets tight, whether it's, you know, do you hold tension in your jaw or your neck or your shoulders or maybe in your gut or, you know, so the places that we hold tension, once they get keyed up, it can be difficult to actually remember, not not uh, cognitively, but uh, somatically to remember how to loosen, how to relax that. And so this is a certain kind of a training that we can, excuse me, that we can undertake. And there are different methods for this. So I wanted to share some of these with you, doing some progressive relaxation of a few different areas of the body where we, where we hold tension. So whenever there's any stress, um, the body will tense in a predictable pattern in three ways. Um, let's see if I remember the order. I think, I'm not sure because it's been a while, but um, I think the order is is first the jaw, then the eyes, then the shoulders. So um, I'm not going to jar you as it would be a cruel experiment, but if I were to make a loud noise all of a sudden without warning, (laughs) um, we would go like this, right? We would, we would jolt, the, the, the shoulders would, the, the, the jaw would tense, the eyes open, and the shoulders come up. It's a physiological response to danger. It's what's, what's happening, right? And the shoulders come up to see, do I need to protect myself? Do I need to protect my head? Okay? So whenever we're under any kind of stress or tension, 
part of the physiology, even if not in a gross way, in some subtle way, is doing that, is tensing. So those are three key areas to learn how to pay attention to and how to relax. And so some of that can just be done through conscious relaxation, just bringing the attention there. Uh, Christy was, was reporting this earlier in one of the meditations, how just focusing on your eyelids there was this very natural relaxation that was happening, right? So sometimes just bringing our awareness to a certain region of the body will begin a process of relaxation naturally. Other times it doesn't happen naturally and we need to coax uh, the muscles and the kind of circuitry to remember how to relax. And one of the best ways of doing that, it's as counterintuitive, but is to consciously contract the muscle and then allow it very slowly to relax. Because even when we can't turn a muscle off, we're usually able to turn it on consciously. And if we can turn it on consciously, then we're starting to feel it. And then we can feel what it's like when it releases. So we'll do some exercises with this, seeing first if there's ways to just consciously relax areas just with awareness and then intentionally contracting and, and, and slowly releasing muscles to see what that feels like. Let's see if there's anything else I want to say with this. Um, yeah. The um, the movement that we did earlier, coordinating gentle movement with breathing, is another way of um, of relaxing the body. Uh, it's very soothing for the nervous system to to have the breathing coordinated with with um, with rhythmic movement. And on one level, it could be any kind of movement. It doesn't matter. You move in a way that's comfortable for your body. So you could breathe and just do this with the hands. You know, if you're sitting, just opening the hands up away from the body and then bringing them into the body and allowing the rhythm of your breath to guide the movement. It could be up and down. Um, you know, it could be back and forth. It really, in some ways, it doesn't matter. Different movements will have different effects. But in terms of the calming and the relaxation, um, coordinating uh, gentle rhythmic movement with your na- the natural rhythm of your breath will tend to be soothing, calming, relaxing for your body and for your nervous system. And so we'll do a very, um, we'll do an exercise like that that's very subtle um, that you can do anywhere that no one needs to know you're doing. I'll teach you a trick for that. Any questions before we shift gears into doing some of these relaxation techniques? Okay. And these are just things that I've, I've picked up along the way, just, you know, with various health stuff and meditation and insomnia. So it's kind of a mix of things, but I find them useful. And so hopefully at least one of these will be useful for you. Um, 
I'll say just two more things. Um, one is that this is really fun for me <laughs> because I, I usually don't get to teach this because when I do these workshops, it's usually just one day and there's not enough time. So it's a real joy for me to get to share this with you. That's one. And then two, um, I need to... Uh, I need to prep you for one of the exercises. So um, one of the exercises we'll do, your hands will be in a very specific position. Uh, so I want to show you what that is now so that you know how to do it. And then you can either just leave your hands like that while we practice, or you can put them in any position and then bring them back. So with your um, right hand, I want you to just stick your pointer finger up. Okay, and then your, your thumb out. So you're kind of like making an L or a little gun with your right hand. Okay, now take your left hand and with your four fingers of your left hand, um, clasp the, the a pointer finger of your right hand. Okay, so you're holding your... I'm also going to try to narrate this in case someone's listening to the recording later trying to figure out what we're doing. <laughs> So the pointer finger on your right hand is extended and the fingers of your left hand are grasped over it. Both thumbs are loose. Okay, now you're going to take your left thumb and, and grasp it with the fingers of your right hand. Okay, so in your left hand, you're holding the pointer finger of your right hand. And in your right hand, you're holding the thumb of your left hand. Have you got that? And so this is called the secret handshake. This is, a, this is an exercise from a man named Michael Krugman, who, who was a Feldenkrais practitioner who passed away a number of years ago. But this is from his, from his work. So you can just leave your hands in this position if you like. It's a pretty comfortable position, so you don't have to find it again if you want. Yeah, there's a loose thumb. The right thumb is just is just loose. It's just it's just resting there, but the pointer finger of your right hand is being held by the left and the thumb of the left hand is being held by the right. You can you can wrap that other thumb around underneath wherever it's comfortable to put it. Okay, so just sitting comfortably, you can allow your eyes to close or just gaze down at the ground in front of you. And we'll start with some breathing. So I want to invite you to breathe in deeply through your nose, all the way fully in. And then breathe out long and slow through the mouth. And again, breathing in fully through the nose. And as you breathe out this time, purse your lips slightly so that the breath is exiting in a thin stream of air. See if you can make the breath as smooth and slow and continuous as possible as you breathe out. And try that once or twice more, breathing in fully, deeply through the nose. And then breathing out long and slow in a thin stream through the mouth. And notice the effect on the rest of your body. Notice if you feel any relaxation, soothing, or settling. 
slowly allow your breath to move towards normal. You can still let it be a little bit full, a little bit extended, but just play with your breath for a little while. What happens if you start to move towards more of a normal breath? With the only difference being that the exhalation might be a little bit longer or slower in this thin stream of air. And then whenever you're ready, invite you to bring your attention to your jaw. Just become aware of the jaw. Notice, is there any tension or tightness in the jaw? Any contraction that might be soothed or released? just by bringing awareness there. You might find that your teeth part just slightly as the jaw relaxes. Allowing the jaw to relax. Allowing your lips to relax, feeling the lips soft and relaxed. Bringing attention to the eyes, the eyelids and the eyebrows. If there's pain behind the eyes or the forehead, don't stay here too long. Just a moment to relax and then move on somewhere else. If there isn't pain, you can linger here, relaxing the eyelids, feeling their weight. If there's, so for those who might have pain in the head or face region, you can move down to your shoulders relaxing the shoulders. If you don't have face in your pain, pain in your face, continue relaxing the forehead and the eyebrows. Imagining the forehead like a smooth piece of silk, soft and flexible. Allowing the whole face to be open and relaxed.
And if you have pain in your face, you could move back and forth, touching into the face, seeing if there can be relaxing, lingering a moment or two, and then whenever it feels right, moving on. Allowing the rest of the head to relax, the top of the head, the scalp, the sides of the head, the back of the head. Becoming aware of the neck and the shoulders. Letting the neck and shoulders relax. And if you like, you can try very gently, slightly contracting the shoulders, raising them up, holding them for a moment, and then very slowly allow them to relax, very slowly releasing the shoulders down, allowing that releasing to continue. Relaxing down the arms, the upper arms, down into the forearms and into the hands. Just feeling your hands and seeing if you can allow your hands to be relaxed. And if your hands aren't already in that secret handshake position, go ahead and take it up. So one hand is clasping the pointer finger of the other hand. The other hand is clasping the thumb. And just begin to put your awareness in your hands, letting the hands stay relaxed just feeling any sensations there in the fingers. No need to grip or squeeze, just feeling them. And then we'll begin to synchronize some very gentle movements with our breath. So on your next exhalation, as you breathe out, invite you to very gently squeeze your left hand so that you're squeezing that pointer finger ever so subtly. Just gently applying some pressure as you exhale. Less is more. Squeezing the pointer finger. And then as you inhale, slowly releasing. Releasing the grip, releasing the pressure. The hands stay in this position in general. It's just a very, very subtle movement. Exhaling, squeezing. Try to make the squeezing as subtle as possible. 
the smallest amount you can do and still feel it. And then inhaling, releasing. So synchronizing the movement, which means that however long your exhalation is, that's how long it takes you to very gently squeeze the index finger. However long the inhalation is, that's how long it takes you to very gently, slowly release the index finger. So go ahead and do that a few more times, squeezing and releasing as you exhale and inhale. For the purposes of relaxation, the more subtle the movement, the more deeply your body will relax. And whenever you're ready, pause the movement, allowing your hands to just relax and taking a break from the movement. You can keep the keep the position. You don't need to unclasp the fingers. But just stopping the the squeezing, letting your breath be normal. Just taking a break. You might be aware of your breathing. You might be aware of the sensations in your hands. There might be more tingling or warmth. So what we're doing is we're mirroring the rhythm of a healthy nervous system of activation and deactivation, just sending a gentle signal to the body that's pulsing and then taking a rest. And whenever you're ready, we'll do another round, this time focusing on the thumb. So as you exhale, gently squeezing the thumb. As long as your exhalation is, that's how long it takes you to squeeze. And then as you inhale, gently releasing. Make the least amount of effort you can while still feeling that you're doing the movement. Exhaling, squeeze. 
Inhaling, release. You can allow your breath to be natural and normal. You don't need to breathe in any special way. Doing a few more cycles of squeezing and releasing the thumb in coordination with your breath. And when you're ready, taking a break, just allowing the hands to be still. Letting the movement cease and just letting your breath be normal. Feeling any sensations in the hands. Notice where your attention goes in the break and see if you need to make a different choice about where you put your attention. If you like, you can just allow your awareness to stay with the sensations in your hands. You might notice tingling or pulsing, warmth or vibration. You might even begin to feel some of that sensation in your wrists or your forearms as the body relaxes. And then we'll do one more round, combining these two movements in an alternating sequence. So as you breathe out, gently squeezing the forefinger, making the motion last as long as your out breath. As you breathe in, gently releasing it And then with the next breath, gently squeezing the thumb, making the motion last as long as the out breath. As you breathe in, gently releasing. Continuing like this, 
this alternating two-breath sequence. With one breath, you squeeze and release the the finger. With the next breath, you squeeze and release the thumb. Putting all of the attention in the hands. Allowing your breath to be natural, light and easy. And making as little effort as possible. Doing one or two more rounds. And then when you're ready, stop and rest, letting the hands be still, just feeling the sensations there. there's any place in the body that you're holding tension or tightness, seeing if you can gently relax, soften and release. Transitioning slowly 
taking a moment to orient. Remind me, I can show you another one tomorrow. That's uh, that's shorter. I'll just take a, a minute or two, but it's a it's one for the for the head and the neck that can uh, that can help to relax the muscles, particularly in the occipital region here. So, how how was that that relaxation? Seeing some heads nod. How many people fell asleep? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It means you're getting relaxed. So. Um, what I love about this is you can do it anywhere. You can do it in a meeting, you can do it waiting in line, you can do it at dinner table, no one needs to know. The other thing about it is um, you don't have to synchronize like each half breath with each half squeeze and so forth. You can harmonize them is what he says. So in other words, it's like you're squeezing the thumb and the finger in a rhythm that's in harmony with your breath. Right, so they might be going kind of at slightly different rates, but the the idea is that the breath and this gentle movement back and forth are in sync in some way. That's one thing that's important. The other piece that's essential is taking the break. Don't just do it continuously. What what helps the body relax is this alternating rhythm between this very gentle input into the nervous system and then a break and then letting it rest. And so make sure that you make the rest period at least as long as the period of activation. Make sense? Yeah. So we have a few more minutes if there are um, other um, if comments or questions from this little exercise or other questions or comments from the day before we close. What's his name? Is yes. Right? Michael... Krugman, K-R-U-G-M-N-M-A-N, and his the reference is in the handout. So if you if you text pain care to that number four four two two two, um, you'll you'll get the handout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Other questions or comments? And he has a whole system. That's just one movement. There's like. 10 or 12 movements. They're wonderful. And they're for relaxation and also for sleep. Yeah. I haven't done this kind of workshop in a while, um, but I have done a lot of those before. And um, I mean, those types of workshops, you know, I have to say that like, it just brings home to me of how, rare I am in the state of being relaxed, like how mm. big of a difference it feels like mm. it is with my just day-to-day state, all right? And it's not just like the breathing is different, the like colors are brighter, you know, it almost feels like altered. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because I just think that I spend like less than 1% of my time being in this natural relaxed state, so it's kind of... yeah. You know, nice awareness, I guess, of yeah. the sad state of my life. Yes. Well, there's, I'm hearing there's two sides to it. There's, there's the appreciation of this state 
and the kind of its vibrancy and the enjoyment of it. And then there's also the reflection on its absence and the sense of some loss or question around, why don't I spend more time here? Right, especially since it's so simple, right? Because like, yes. I always say that, well, you've got to go in this week-long meditation retreat. I mean, it's like, it takes five minutes, right? Like, yeah. all of us have five minutes. Yes. And it feels unattainable. Right. Except here. It's very strange. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Thank you. Other thoughts, comments, or questions? Uh huh. Well, that's not a bad thing. And I think some of what you're what you're pointing to, Vera, is also how much of our attention um, is consumed by thought and planning and remembering and thinking about the past and the future. So much of our attention is in the mental world that there's less attention available to actually experience the present moment. So along those lines, um, I have an incredibly busy, stressful job, Mm. which I'm hopefully going to be transitioning from into another stressful job, but probably less so. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, you know, obviously our culture is the way it is. And what happens for me is a sense of hopelessness sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I integrate these things that I know? Like, I've done retreats. I've like, all of it. And it's just really, really hard. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, There are ways to do it. It is hard. Um, but it's not impossible. Um, one key is recognizing that, I think making the goal realistic. So the goal might not be to stay relaxed and mindful all day long, certainly not at first, but the goal might be, you know, can I find like two or three moments during the day? Or I can at least let down, take a break, you know? And then we start to build it in to the day, little by little. And uh, and then what happens is the more, um, and I think this is a lifelong practice, it's not like, you know, we do this in a week or a month or even a year or something, but the more we start to get familiar with what it's like to move between being overactivated, stressed, amped up, to relaxing, the more we notice when we're kind of like, you know, like all twisted up and tight and like, oh, this feels awful, and then can relax. So it's not about not ever getting tense, but learning to recognize it more quickly and, and know how to, how to allow it to... Um, dissipate. And it's one of the reasons why having some kind of a daily practice is so important because even if we take just 10 minutes at the end of a day, you know, to to do some stretching and breathing and sit quietly, it it reduces that cumulative effect where we get to Thursday or Friday and we're just fried, you know, and it takes the whole weekend to recover and then you do it all over again. It's like, you know, 
what's that? It's just dizzying. So if we're if we're building in short moments during the day and having um, periods during the day where we're allowing things to burn off, um, it can be really helpful. And it's one of the I think misunderstandings about daily practice is that, you know, it's like, well, I sat and my mind was like a basket case the whole time. Why am I even doing that? It's like, no, that's good. Like your mind being a basket case for 20, 30, 40 minutes, it's like you're burning off the steam from the momentum of your day. Like let it kind of air out and then it'll be a little bit lighter afterwards. Yeah. Like a snow globe, yeah. So I actually, um, this is a a shameless plug, but (laughs) I actually designed a course, you know about it, for that specific purpose. So um, there's some of these flyers out on the table. So it's called Next Step Dharma. And um, it's most specifically designed for coming off of a retreat, and integrating the retreat into your daily life. But it works just as well for just bringing practice into daily life. I've had many people take the course who didn't sit a retreat. They're just like, I want to get more support in not just sitting every day, but actually being mindful every day and bringing it into my life. So it's a six-week course, and there's all kinds of uh, practices and suggestions and guidance, and there's um, forums and a live call every 10 days. Uh, to check in about your practice. So if you're if you're interested in that either now or for some future time, um, feel free to to pick one of these up. Yeah. Anything else? Yes, Layla. I just wanted to make a brief plug that that is an excellent course, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> Layla has taken it. Thank you, Layla. Yeah. Okay, so um, maybe let's just, let's have a short closing. I'll I'll make one or two more announcements and then we'll do a closing. So um, is there anyone uh, other than Kata who's not going to be here tomorrow that you know now? Might Might not? Okay, just so I know, it's fine. Okay, all right, so most of us will see you, see you tomorrow. Um, if you want to get the, the handout, just the kind of overview and summary of all the different tools, the easiest thing for me is if you do the text message thing, cause then I don't have to send you an email. I'll just, you'll get it automatically. But if you don't want to do that, it's okay. You can just print your name on my, on the clipboard out there and then I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to just point out is, um, you probably saw these postcards, but this is for um, my book, which is coming out in December. It's called Say What You Mean, A Mindful Approach to Nonviolent Communication. And it's an integration of mindfulness practice, nonviolent communication, and somatic awareness, and really looking at how do we bring the values of meditation practice into our relationships and communication using those different forms. And um, even though it's not on sale until December, you can... You can order it now, and if you do, it comes with this whole like bonus package when you when you pre-order it with a bunch of guided meditations and email teachings, and you get um, there's a subscription to a meditation app that comes free. So I put together this whole thing that's pretty cool. So if you're interested at all in it, you know, pick one of these up and check it out. It's on my website. Okay. So um, let's sit together just for a moment.
Just letting the words settle. And just invite you to reflect on one thing that you learned or that you're taking away from today that you want to remember. And really make it clear in your mind. And then just as we did in the morning, if you had to summarize it in a word or a phrase, how could you capture it? One word or phrase. And then let's just do a really brief once around to just say what that nugget is. What's that piece in a word or a phrase that you're taking home? So um, we start with the mic and just pass it around. Um, It's not as difficult as it seems. Orienting like the turkeys that just passed outside. (laughs) Balance. It's not me. I don't have one word. Do you want to say five words or ten words? No. No. Okay. It's still going. What was it, Susan? Presence. Self-compassion. It's okay to feel grief. Giving pain less room. Letting go. Compassionate connection. We all suffer. Cumulative losses. Compassion. Blanket of green light. Healthy pleasure. Uh, Power in the struggle. May these gifts continue to work their way through each of us and bring more peace, more compassion and harmony to our own hearts, to the relationships in our life and to our communities. Okay, thanks so much. See you tomorrow morning. Have a great evening. And...